When it moves, the Army goes by some sort of vehicle. Its vast fleet, though, is getting old and worn out. So it's starting to spend big on refurbishing and developing the next generation of combat vehicles. Here with some numbers on this growing market, Frost and Sullivan Senior Aerospace and Defense Analyst, John Hernandez. Mr. Hernandez, good to have you on. Thank you. It's good to be on, Tom. So give us a sense of the size of the vehicle market in the Army, and, and how do you define vehicles? Because they do have some regular automobiles also. Well, Tom, the uh, size of the market includes uh, an array of uh, various vehicles, which include not only combat vehicles, but tactical support vehicles, uh, weapon carriers, personnel carriers, even ambulances. So um, in 20, uh, according to you know, the DOD budget, which I've looked at from 2018 to 2024, the cumulative uh, procurement is going to run an estimated $47.97 billion. Now, that's just procurement. Now, research and development is another $8.3 billion. That does not include also the contracts that were uh, uh, awarded during 2018, the uh, numbers I mentioned earlier are programmed money. Uh, and some of that comes from the contracts that were doled out in 2018 uh, that were amounted to about $9.4 billion. And uh, we just got the numbers for 2019, which... Uh, were uh, were up to eleven point three three billion, and this includes both the refurbishment of existing vehicles and the acquisition of new ones. That is correct. That is correct. And when it comes to the acquisition of the new ones, are they simply buying the same models that have been worn out or destroyed, or are they looking at something as a new generation of vehicles? And what are some of those possibilities? Absolutely, they are uh, looking at new, uh, some new generation vehicles, but also. Uh, until those, gener- those, uh, those newer vehicles come online, you'll see that uh, much of the spending will be on modifications and technology upgrades, specifically to you know, the Abrams tank, uh, the Paladin self-propelled howitzer, uh, some of the, uh, uh, the Hummers already, the Humvee vehicles, are being replaced by the new joint-like tactical vehicle, uh, which is produced by Oshkosh Defense. So this new light tactical vehicle is replacing the Hummers, but oh. that light tactical vehicle is something that has developed already. Do you see anything beyond That's the correct. horizon for other areas of vehicles that are under development that might be something brand new? They are doing uh, research now on replacing the, uh, the Abrams tank. Some of that bidding went out already, and uh, I think they're at the prototype portion of accepting which particular vehicle will replace uh, the uh, uh, the Abrams. But there are others. There are the self-propelled uh, robotic vehicles that uh, are also being developed, some of that are manned and that are not manned. There's technologies that are being added on to some of the older vehicles, such as uh, new weaponry in the uh, in the uh, directed energy field, uh, lasers, electromagnetic systems that well protect, can protect these vehicles uh, against new evolving threats such as uh, drones. Um, and uh, they're trying also to enhance some of the armor on some of the older vehicles because, again, um, the Army needs to utilize as much as they can until these new generation technologies come online with new vehicles. It's, it's much more cost uh, effective to enhance some of the older systems 
while the new systems come online. That's a great, uh, great expense. One of the things that uh, they need, though, are new vehicles that are lighter and faster, but there is a, uh, there's a consequence to that. When the vehicles are lighter, there's less armor, and they're much more susceptible to um, threats. Now, that's where the automation comes in. Some of the uh, uh, vehicles that they're thinking about putting out are, again, as I said, uh, optionally manned vehicles. We're speaking with John Hernandez, Senior Industry Analyst for Aerospace and Defense at Frost & Sullivan. Who are the players in this? In your report, you mentioned BAE Systems, General Dynamics, and Oshkosh Defense. The Those mar- are the big three. Does this mean that other vehicle manufacturers are locked out, or do they have opportunities also? Oh, no, absolutely not. These uh, these companies are, are legacy companies that have uh, their... Uh, their fingers really inside the, uh, the acquisition process simply because of the uh, the Abrams, the Stryker systems, uh, the uh, the Hemet systems, which has been uh, a mainstay of uh, the Army. So, uh, but they need to partner with other uh, other companies that will be able to integrate new weapon systems, new sensors, new communication systems. Uh, because those are the things that are being updated. Some of the systems, current systems, don't have the situational awareness that uh, is needed, and those uh, those upgrades and those modifications are done by companies that can prove they can integrate with the legacy systems. It sounds like each vehicle has a pretty long supply chain, because if you go to some of the trade shows, there are just engine manufacturers because usually the primes absolutely. that make the frames don't also make the engines and tires and so forth. That's absolutely true. Uh, there are some other companies. Allison Transmissions is one of them. Mac also is, is another company that does defense work. Um, just an array of other uh, uh, axle tech, which which also provides some of the uh, some of the large axles for the larger vehicles. Uh, yes, the supply chain is long, and it can vary uh, on the uh, uh, on how things evolve, on what the requirements are. So, um, you know, as as these legacy uh, combat platforms are replaced, opportunities are going to exist to extend the value by converting them even into unmanned systems. Some of these unmanned systems uh, that uh, uh, can be used for uh, research and development. Uh, they can also be used for uh, foreign uh, trade to uh, governments that uh, can't afford the newer, uh, newer technology vehicles. What about life cycle maintenance of vehicles? Is that something the Army does itself, or are there contractors on that long tail of keeping these things running for the lifetime that they do have service? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, GD does uh, a lot of the... Uh, uh, the updates and, uh, and maintenance to their particular vehicles on, on certain contracts. And, and some of the contracts are teach the teacher, you know, uh, uh, teaching the uh, uh, military how to maintain these systems. Uh, in Oshkosh Defense, I've seen a lot of uh, support contracts for wheels and, and maintenance so when, when these contracts are awarded, uh, usually there is a maintenance package, package associated with it and some long-term agreements. 
John Hernandez, a senior industry analyst for aerospace and defense at Frost & Sullivan. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom, for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash bestmusic to get Live One Plus now. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at pluralsight.com vision.